Hey, Kat, do you want to hear a riddle? Yeah. What podcast starts with hall and ends with der? Riddle me that. No, that didn't start with hall. Okay. I was just trying to hype the audience. Oh, like riddle me that. that. This is it this or the that? game show seemed to have like was like trying to sort of build some like catchphrases and stuff. And I feel like none of them worked. Like there was that huge poster they kept showing that yeah. said like, see if you can answer my riddles was all like in big <laughs> capitals. And I was like, that's not the thing. No, that was not a theme. But or sorry, riddling was a theme. Riddling was one thousand percent the theme of this episode. But the answer to my riddle was that we are on that podcast in that same hall where we are hallmarked for murder. And this is Kat. And this is Sarah. Welcome back. Welcome back. Okay, today we are covering if it if it wasn't very obvious at so let's hope that there's a new mystery coming up pretty soon. I would love to see where Tess and Brennan, no, Logan, mm-hmm. go after. After their steamy kiss. Did you find it steamy? Not to spill the beans too early, but well, this is the Hallmark Channel. so we'll, we'll discuss, yeah. Okay. So the synopsis of this movie, Tess gets invited to be a part of a popular game show. But when the host is unexpectedly murdered, she and Detective Logan O'Connor seek to uncover who was behind it all. This was directed by David Winning, who I think is, we haven't had him before. I didn't recognize his name. And then it's written again by Pierre Luigi Cothran. So he's the guy who, um, his wife is an LMFT. So that's maybe why we have some, oh. some emotional vulnerability in this movie that I enjoyed. Um, so when we start out this one, Tess is filming promos for a riddle show that's, I is this supposed to be kind of like Jeopardy? I think so because they had like the daily double or not yeah. the, the and like video. I think Jeopardy has like video video clues, clues. now. Yeah. So Tess uh, got into doing these video clues because the writer of the sh- was he the writer of the show? You know, they may have said at one point what Hunter's actual job was, but it didn't stick. So I'm not sure. It was confusing. He was yeah. very involved. Yeah. If he was just the writer. But um, so we've, this is how clearly her ex, Tessa's ex Hunter, is a writer on this Riddler show. And it took me like halfway through the movie to realize that this is the man that she left, or she broke off the engagement with. Right. She told yeah. Logan about in the yes. last movie. Um, and it, it seemed like in their first exchange that there was some bad blood between them. But then she sort of just says like, that was a long time ago or something like that. Um, and so he brought her on to do these video clues. And but specifically then, math riddles. Yeah, that was odd. Which I didn't really see Tess was like a mm-hmm. math No, she's wordplay. She's wordplay. Mm-hmm. Um, but she did some pretty significantly riddly math ones she read her cue cards not at an eight out of five mm. yeah well yeah mm-hmm. that's right seems right so apparently this is an all an all canadian entertainment production which is not something i just made up that's literally the first credit on the screen 
That's the name of the production company, which Hallmark might as well be named that because it's just literally all everything. Everything you see is quite Canadian, which is delightful. That's why we love it so much. Hey, Canada. A security guard is injured within a few minutes of Tess being around, which, of course, makes one wonder if she's the one that's causing all this murder and destruction, which is like any of these types of shows like. Is Jessica Fletcher on Murder, She Wrote, a serial killer? Like, why? Like, how is there just murder? How is she always on the scene at the right time? Within minutes. She arrives and someone's dead. Yeah. Um, Tess offers the guard water, which they always do in movies, but it always feels awkward to me. Like, hey, you just went through this super traumatic thing. I bet you're really parched. So, yeah. And also, so I know that they have to do it this way because I'm assuming when this is aired on like network television or whatever it's called uh, that they cut for commercials so I know that they cut for a commercial after the discovery of the guard down on the floor but it's like I feel like Tess has discovered enough dead or unconscious people throughout this series that her first instinct should not at this point be to freeze and be like (gasps) and just stop but it was, and that was, I mean, I, she's like a woman of action. Wouldn't she, like, rush to him and be like, oh, my gosh, sir, are you okay? Somebody call 911. Uh, but no, she just kind of froze. And she seemed very, like, shocked and taken aback by it. Like, later when she's back at the office, she's like, "The guys, the craziest thing happened. But, like, at this point, like, she's been part of, like, four murder investigations right. and, like, like she's seen some stuff. Right. Like, it seems like by this point, it wouldn't be she's like She's been a... locked in a diamond <laughs> freezer. <laughs> or, no, a book freezer. Yeah, yeah. at this point, I, she did seem to, like, really was deeply affected by the security guard getting hit over the head with an award. Yeah, he was fine, though. Yeah, he's, he's right back on the Weirdly. job. Like, like they didn't they didn't give him any time off. Or no anything. workers comp, no Mm-mm. PTO, nothing. Mm-mm. Just can you? So can you still work though? Apparently, we're filming till ten p.m. tonight. So can you finish out can the you? sixteen hour day? Please don't go to the hospital. <laughs> Please don't get checked out. Yeah, I didn't know if you had a medical opinion about like someone's just been through a shocking event. Let me sit you down and force you to drink water. Oh well, I mean. Is it like a shock thing? Like, no, I think that to calm you down. when they do that in movies, it's sort of just this idea of like, oh, let's put you into sort of a very routine, basic human affirming thing to do, like oh, have a okay. glass of water, and then maybe you'll kind of take a drink and be able to settle your nerves. Maybe okay. a little bit of vagal stimulation. I don't mm. know. That last part, okay. I'm not sure about. Somebody <laughs> more in tune great. with their CNS might need to chime in. Someone had broken into the Riddle game show hosts' dressing room and pillaged. For unknown reasons. We are introduced to Dana, the beautiful producer of the show, and her husband, Graham, who is the editor and not as beautiful. I don't know. I know. That was I, a hard Them as a, a couple is... You never saw them together, too, was the other thing. Yeah. And so, like, I think differing levels of objective physical beauty, you know, is one thing. And it's fine. We love who we love. But we just didn't get to see their chemistry. And maybe that would have been the... They seemed, like, 
There's the whole thing where she works 16 hour days, six days a week, but she still looks that good. I just, I don't, I mean, my skin would be ravaged and I only work 12 hour days, three days a week and it is kind of ravaged. So I don't know how Dana does it. She stays hydrated. Tess and Logan were supposed to have a date and he made reservations Uh, But Tess cancels on him because this is a 14-hour riddle show shoot. And Logan is clearly bummed, but, of course, understanding. And Tess is wearing that Claire's bracelet that Logan got her. And did you catch that he called her Hollywood? It was so cute. He was like, hey, Hollywood. Which I guess that means they've been in touch like aside from murder investigations, like they're they're like texting or calling or whatever. Yeah. So have they been dating or is this like their first date? Well, because remember, it's not their first date because they went to that burger bar. Because mm-hmm. remember, mm-hmm. Tess didn't have yeah. a burger spot, which was really weird. But she's sort of anachronistic to this whole New York life. Um, but then when someone asks Logan or Tess about it later, one of them's like, oh, no, no, it wasn't a date. It was a yes. dinner between friends. Mm-hmm. And so that was pretty stupid at this point in time of them okay. to be saying that. But we, we talk about it. I think we address it like throughout the movie a little bit. Yeah, I think it's Kapoor that's giving him a hard time about it. So she's back. And I guess Winston took a permanent vacation. To the um, FBI. We find out, yes. Chauncey is once again the least likely New York police chief of all time. This time, super stoked about pasta and like airplane feeding Logan, like as soon in, as he comes in into the, the police room. station. <laughs> He's like, open wide, son. I've got one ready for you. So, as he says later, exuberant. I think yeah. that's a great word for him. He reminds me, I just started watching Grace and Frankie, finally. And he reminds me of Saul, the Sam Waterston character. Oh, okay, yeah. Just like super like exuberant, in touch with his feelings, yeah. like loving, just like wanting every to shower everybody with affection, except yeah. he's a New York City police chief. Police chief. I am completely in love with Saul. Like, I want to, like, that is my ideal life partner, is Saul from Grace and Frankie. Oh, I love him so much. I, to- I told John about it. He knows. It's okay. Fine. He might start graying up his hair a little bit for mm-hmm. you. And just asking me what my subconscious would say about, the, about any situation. I don't know if a type 4 can can access that but maybe <laughs> i can give him that opportunity yes uh oh yeah oh dang winston left for the fbi nice story arc for winston wish we could have seen him off but yeah, yeah. it did i was maybe going to google the actor and see if now he's like on ncis or one of those shows or yeah. something like i don't know if criminal minds is still on but oh that'd be fun the, oh it if is. that was my little, little brother was just on an episode of criminal oh, minds okay. yeah so I was going to see if maybe that was a little inside joke, but I did not. So good luck, Winston. We're back with the new assistant whose name I didn't I didn't write down. Do you know what's her Sonia. name? Sonia. Sonia. And the tech writer. Frank. Frank. Who is now permanently across from her desk. Yep. But then also like then, is it her desk? Because then like later Sonia is at the desk. So I don't. Maybe it's one of those free work environments. Oh, God. We're, we're looking for new office spaces at my work. 
And my boss wants to have one of those just like big, huge open room mm. with like just like everybody's desks are out mm-hmm. and then the conference table's there and then there's a couch with a TV, mm-hmm. whatever. And like as soon like we were like walking up the stairs and like as like as soon as that like the that kind of an office came into view, like I could just feel my anxiety just like. I worked in one of those for some time. Oh, God. Um, the modification that was made to just like a complete open workspace for us was like it wasn't a cubicle setting. Like we didn't have a little door or whatever. We just had sort of like desk blockers between mm-hmm. our desks. So you could like stand up and talk to people like over it or go around it. Um, but you still had a bit of privacy, sort of, but it still sucked. It was very difficult to focus. This one didn't even have, like, anything just wide open, just everybody facing each other. You know what? Like, kind of like the squad room. Maybe if you yeah. guys worked there, someone would feed you pasta in an airplane. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like maybe that's, well, I don't know. People, the a lot the police work seems to be very collaborative. I don't know if it's like that outside of movies and TV, right. but um, I, my boss was immediately like, this is exactly what I want. And I just was like, no, I can't. No, we're not. We're not doing this. Yeah. I cannot. As someone who I would have a meltdown very recently had to deal with some police situations, um, did not feel collaborative. Oh, okay. Felt like no one was talking to anyone else. Oh, yeah. Oh, well. Um, Well, these people don't get anything done. Um, They're just sitting around kind of gossiping. Hunter sends Tess roses in a nice vase with a romantic riddle, Mm -hmm. like you do. Mm -hmm. Did we ever? They answered the riddle at the end when he brought her the world's most basic favorite meal to have. Okay. Um, The assistant assumes they're from Logan, which immediately positions the two as rivals, like from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Sonia who is like 24, thinks that the middle-aged host of the game show is a fox. And Aunt Candace is also super into him. Um, so, I, like, did they, were they supposed to get a different actor? And then they... That might be it. But also it seems guy? like dead Uncle Brian was also really into him. Yes. So maybe there's some kind of energy that... I don't know. I've never really... The only game show host I feel gives off an energy that I could really like be around is maybe Barker, Mr. Bob, Mr. Bob Barker. Um, maybe Drew Carey. Um, what about um, Family Feud always has very dynamic hosts. I don't watch it. Oh, you need to get on that. Um, I'll, however, I just talked about how I was hot for Sam Waterston. So that's fair. If he was in this movie, he would definitely be my my love yeah um okay so this is when i finally figured out that this is the guy Tess broke off the engagement with uh candace feels like it was super nice of him to invite them and to invite Tess to do the riddles so i just get the vibe that that Tess was in the wrong and she did something really bad yeah for candace to be like oh this is really big of him to invite you back to do this or whatever which makes like her statement about water under the bridge or whatever kind of. Well, she broke off the engagement. So, I mean, in a way, it's kind of like sh- he was the rejected party. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why Candace is making that statement. And Tess is kind of like, no, it's water under the bridge because I want it to be because right. I broke it off. Yeah, that seems a little. It's water under the bridge for me. Unfeeling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. she kind of is, though. <laughs> 
The whole time that Tess and Candace are chit-chatting in line for the game show, there's a guy behind them stealing the scene in an orange turtleneck. Did you see him? No, I missed him. Oh, my God. He was just like, I, I wondered if they let them pick out their own outfits. Yeah. And that he was like, this is it. Turtleneck. I'm going to I'm gonna steal this scene. I'm going to make this my career move. Orange wow. turtleneck with a blazer over it and then like a bald head. Like he was like, couldn't hmm. take my eyes off of them. Well done. Very well done. That guy. So they go to watch the taping of the game show that Tess's, uh, her clues are on. And there's a Ken Jennings-esque contestant who is on a streak for weeks, months? Uh, Weeks. Okay. Or 37 days, maybe? I think it's 37 days. He's an English teacher from Norman, Oklahoma, which is... A little odd because um well it was it was very odd because <laughs> both of us went to school in norman oklahoma um so hearing that come out of what i assume to be someone who has i don't know does this writer have a connection to that i looked town? it up i literally googled his name and <laughs> oklahoma no and pierre luigi's fi- never been here i couldn't find any i mean maybe his wife the lmft maybe Maybe their cousin. I don't know. But yeah, that was very shocking to hear come mm-hmm. out of my uh, Hallmark movie setting. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess if you live in New York City, every movie's like, oh, I'm from New York City and it doesn't feel cool. But, you know, going to school in Norman, it's not like a big place. Uh, so it's kind of kind of weird. But it reminded me of when Jurassic Park referenced another town that I've been to, Enid, Oklahoma. Oh. Um, I think it was, I don't know, I think it might have been Jurassic Park 3, the one with William H. Macy and Anne Hish. Hish? Uh, R.I.P. R.I.P. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh. Wow. This year. Oh, 2023. Well, 2022. Some year recent yeah. in time. We mm-hmm. don't know when this is. Anyways, yeah, they like are from Enid, Oklahoma, and I thought that was oh. crazy, too. I mean, huh. just some weird Oklahoma writing. Huh. Yeah, also, I did appreciate that... Um, they didn't make him like a stereotypical Oklahoman. He seemed like, I don't, I, he, his whole persona is not probably what you would pin as an Oklahoma persona, which I appreciated. Uh, Yeah, I agree. Yeah. There's been some, I mean, he was an English teacher on the show, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't know. Yeah, he definitely didn't give off what I would feel to be Oklahoma energy, Mm -hmm. but perhaps that's because he's Canadian. I don't know. Um, Candace's nerding out over this game show seems odd for a fancy Park Avenue therapist and author, Um, but I guess they're establishing her bond with her husband, like she and... I find the term Uncle Brian triggering. um, Sorry. Because of my ex-husband, but... um, her husband loved the show and they watched it together. So it's it's think they're bringing back memories for her and she's really into this show. Like, and it's freaking like an important out. sort of plot point for a bit later. Mm-hmm. Turns out you should never meet your heroes. Uh, Candace gets a chance to meet the foxy middle-aged host and he's an a-hole. Yes. He fires the assistant who messes up his tea. And I ended up Googling, is Alex Trebek nice to see if this is modeled after him? Apparently, Alex Trebek was a very lovely person. Canadian, right? Uh, maybe. 
Are also R.I.P. What? Did you not know he passed away? Man. No. This is an upsetting episode for you. <laughs> There's so much death triggering. I know. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's why they have new hosts now. I think Mayim Bialik and someone oh. else. Oh, didn't Ken Jennings try to host it? Yeah. Maybe. I think they tried out a couple of different people. Huh. Probably um, some old tweets surfaced or something. That seems oh, to I'm happen sure. a lot to people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ken Jennings. <laughs> Closet racist. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, probably. Who knows? I'm sorry if you're listening to this. We don't know you. But sorry, Ken. Sorry, Ken. But maybe not if you're a racist. Logan shows up to bring Tess flowers, but of course is interrupted by a murder. And just tosses the flowers like those are gone. What happened to those? Maybe the security guard took them mm-hmm. for his gave them to his wife. Wife, yeah, that he never sees. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he, he got knocked unconscious and got amnesia and forgot he had a wife. Aiden, the foxy host, is dead face down on the stage, evidently strangled by a gigantic fuzzy scarf. Which later, like when we see the revealed murderer take the scarf, it was in a trash can. Why? No? Why? Why? Because they say later. Was someone wearing the scarf on the show? Or? No, because they immediately threw it away. And then it was just like kind of there. Yeah. Um, but they say like, oh, this was a strong person. Had to have been like a. I, why didn't he just use his hands? Like, why would you like. That had to have been the slowest way to strangle somebody. Like it had to have taken forever. I mean. There's it no was, way. It was like a it was like a stretchy scarf. Like a handmade, like knitted, like Oh. Okay, I think I just figured out what the scarf was. Do you remember when Tess and Candace are in line and they're a going fan. to like check in and the fan gave them that mm-hmm. homemade blanket? I don't want him to get cold. I it's chilly in New York. I don't want him to get cold. And she's like, here's a handmade blanket. She's also really young. She's kind of a hot young thing. Yeah. And she's obsessed with this middle aged yeah. host too. Well, uh we are pre-recording discussion about 90 Day Fiance, that's a, <laughs> this age gap thing is like a theme. Well, um, why am I going off about this when I literally just said that Sam Waterston is my ideal <laughs> I don't know. in a show you know, about elderly people? I don't know, but I think it's just another sign of Aiden being an a-hole and like throwing away a fan gift instead of like, you know, donating it to somebody yeah. that needs a scarf in New York or City. Or give it to Ian who just got knocked out in your dressing room. Yeah. To give to his wife. Who if never he remembers sees, her. Because <laughs> he, this this game show takes like 16 hours to shoot for some reason. It's very involved. I also, I was curious about whether you could actually strangle somebody with a, like a scarf. And don't, I don't do it. Just don't do that. That was a bad, bad idea. You researched it? Mm-hmm. And it was bad? It was bad. Okay. Chauncey interviews Nasser, the contestant who knows the answer to every single riddle immediately. And he tells Chauncey that he looks really good in all the archived videos of the shows he's on. And Chauncey kind of looks him up and down and says, I can imagine. Which seems really flirty for Hmm. a police interview. Hmm. And maybe it's just another symbol of Chauncey's exuberance. He's so exuberant. Yeah. He just got, he wears his heart on his sleeve like most police chiefs. 
Well, the way that you said that, you kind of ran heart and on together so much that it sounded like hard on his sleeve. He wears his heart on his sleeve. Mm. Kind of gross. Gross. Logan suspects Hunter is the killer since he was the last person to see Aiden alive, but Tess defends him vociferously, causing Logan to furrow his brow and look off in the distance. Mm-hmm. Because Logan's having some feelings. He was giving me so deep, so, like so many Borzoi images this <laughs> episode or this installment or whatever we call it. I just, I kept Googling Borzoi and just looking at it and looking at the screen and yeah. Kapoor has her eye on the assistant who was fired because of the tea. But she says she saw a suspicious man leave out the alley like 50 yards away from her. And I was thinking, I literally could not tell you how far 50 yards is. Mm -hmm. And then I was listening to a podcast this morning where somebody wrote in and described somebody as being 50 50 yards away from them. Like, do do you know how far 50 yards is? Is that how you would describe someone's distance from you? Like, how many yards are we apart right now? We're about one one and a half yards apart. Okay. Or maybe two (laughs) meters. I don't really know the conversion. (laughs) Sorry. We're we're stupid. Um, No, estimating distance is difficult under the best of circumstances. I could, I literally couldn't Um, even guess right now how far 50 yards is right now. I mean, half of a football field. No. Okay. Never. I won't try. Okay. Hunter is crying over Aiden in the middle of the crime scene where Tess finds him and tries to comfort him in a leather skirt. Yeah. Gorgeous. Stunning. I think um, I watched, of course, over the Christmas season, I watched literally almost all Lacey Chabert Christmas movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like, I, oh, I also... <laughs> I have a gratitude journal that's three years. So like all year long, you write down your thing, three things you're grateful for. And then the next year, you fill out all the same things. So you can see the previous, what you put a year ago, the oh, year before. Oh, that's really cool. It is cool. I want to get one. And over the Christmas break, one of my, last year, one of the, the three things I wrote down that I was grateful for was Lacey Chabert's Endless Charm. What? <laughs> and you, I does that still resonate for you? Absolutely. And like I was having a low moment, like probably like a month ago or so, and I was just like crying because things just like weren't going well in my life. And I literally, I think I had just watched a Lacey Chabert something, mm-hmm. and was literally in like my low moment, like like sobbing out, like. Why can't I be more like Lacey Chabert? Because she's just perfection. Well, <laughs> agree to disagree, <laughs> but I'm really happy that you found gratitude. You're not in that there. Moment. You're not there yet after your fifth and final crossword movie. No. Okay. I don't. I. I have nothing against her as a human. I don't know her. It's just like. I'm not charmed. I don't know. Okay. I think it's how... Th- I can't explain it. Yeah. I can't. Well, I think charm is sort of inexplicable in general, right? Um, I wanted to, like, be charmed by her. And I think her 
I think the way that they write her makes her so completely like unrelatable as a character that I like can't suspend my like hyper weird metacriticism of all of her quirks and just like be charmed by this like actress maybe also i'm my experience is coming from like other movies that she's been in as well yeah not just this one because she I is mean, a bit mean of a Girls, different charm charm city she is a bit of for a sure character in this one. yeah uh well aiden or no not aiden sorry <sighs> hunter goes in for a real forceful cry hug that was really awkward And, of course, Logan comes in at that exact moment to misunderstand the situation. And he does not, intentionally does not tell Tess that he was there in the building to see her with flowers. Yeah, he says he was nearby. Oh, because he's feeling hurt. He's feeling hurt and he's putting distance because of this hunter. And it was supposed to be their date night. Mm -hmm. And instead she's with Hunter. Hugging Hunter. Even though that was, if he has any emotional intelligence and he saw that hug, I don't think he would have yeah, interpreted that way. But we got to have some conflict. They created a Riddler fan forum for Tess and her assistant to look out for two seconds. And it's incredibly well done and realistic. <laughs> I spent a lot of time looking at it. Trolls included. Like wow. this was perfection. Uh, some are really sad, of course, like some of the fans because Aiden died. And then someone drops a not my favorite host dot dot dots frowny face. Wait, is Which that is so like, accurate? Is that like not my favorite host sad face? Oh, <laughs> speaking of emotional intelligence, you're probably know. right. Maybe. I mean, who can remember? Uh, okay, well, how about this one? The next person in the fan forum says, riddle me splat. What? Am, am I right? I heard he got hit by a bus. Riddle me splat. Am I right? I heard he got hit by a bus. The set dressers on this movie understood the assignment. Wow. Uh, on the side of the fan forum are top fans um, whose handles are Attic Man. And Riddle Fan Feline with a black kitty is the profile picture. Aww. Do you think it was Eve? Yeah, I do. I want to meet this set dresser. Uh, the fired assistant lied about the guy sneaking into the alleyway. There was no guy. Yes. We, she seems suspicious, but we don't know why. Um, in the police station, they have maybe the weirdest murder board I've ever seen because presumably the set dresser was busy making that fan for him website oh right and someone had to just phone it in on the murder board like they couldn't find like a fat marker so they just sort of like went over the the letters over and over again with a fine tip yeah did you notice the murder board it was really random i didn't it was just like cause of death strangulation and like all blo- big block letters and then like the suspects names and photos but like with like weird arrows hmm. like it was very i don't know what was going on there Tess comes in uh, to the studio to bring chocolate cookies to Hunter and makes a little throwaway joke. Who has time to bake? Which is an Easter egg, I think, referring to her other set of movies with Brendan Elliott, where she's a baker. I thought it was related to the fact that she has 
endless weekly and monthly hobby commitments. <laughs> she got another one in this she film. She got another one in this film. Uh, and I thought that's sort of what it was a reference to, like a tongue-in-cheek, like, oh, who has time to bake when you're a table tennis ping pong <laughs> poker playing? I don't remember. Well, the, there's the... Um the newsletter, magic, the crossword newsletter, crossword newsletter, oh, magic, magic show, show yeah. classes person. Um, yeah, Hallmark likes these little like little jokes in there like that. Um, there was a movie that came out, Alicia Chabert Christmas movie came out this um, season that was like I was literally like, loling in the truest sense. Uh, it was so funny, like actually funny, not just Hallmark funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and she sits down to watch, like put on a Christmas movie. And it's one that has Brendan Elliott in it as a star. And she turns it on. And she goes, oh, I love this guy. <gasps> oh, it was really cute. That's so very cute. I think they like to throw those in for the fans. OK, that's fun. Logan's allergic to chocolate. Mm. I just like at that point, I felt this very fl- uh, fleeting urge to go back and go through the other movies to see if he ever <laughs> ate chocolate because like what? That's Are you a pretty big one. That's a huge allergy. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. And uh, sorry, got a lot of questions about the chocolate allergy, but mm-hmm. whatever. I think it was just a way to like make Tess feel a bit like she didn't know him after all. Or maybe it was a lie and he was just trying to be like, oh, well, I'm allergic to chocolate. You didn't know that, did you, Tess? Because you seems, don't pay attention to me. It seemed almost like a lie. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. Because that seems like a really big thing yeah. that she wouldn't have known or like that. Like, I mean, they've eaten together multiple times. You probably would need to She's wear She's never like been a, like, let's have a chocolate cake. And he's like, oh, I'll die if I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yes, this is Tessa's former fiance. So they were a real wordplay power couple. He's a professional Riddler, apparently, and she's a crossword puzzle editor. So I bet they were a real hoot. And crossword puzzles are technically riddles, yeah, right? I think so. Yeah. A lot of them, like the clues, are riddles. Yeah. Which is annoying to me. But yeah. Um, I bet they were real fun at game night. Maybe. We found out that Aiden had an unknown man in the building, and he's had some suspicious behavior lately that spelled drugs to me, but uh, I guess he was broke. Pause, 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 pause. Flat broke. Oh. As Logan says. Flat broke. Pause, pause, pause. Mm -hmm. Chauncey and Candace are leaving their Italian cooking class, which has revived both of them out of their existential crises from the last movie. Yeah. And Candace very awkwardly tries to break up their casual fun. Like it's like it's an uncomfortable. It's very painful to watch. Yeah. And Chauncey's left wondering if it's because of his terrible loud Italian. Ciao, ciao, ciao. (laughs) He said ciao way too many times (laughs) for my liking. I mean, yeah. Tutti. I don't remember the whole sentence, but he said tutti. Uh, It was bad. Um, Once is more than enough of chow. <laughs> uh, Tess puts together that the fan forum troll is the editor for the show, Graham. But Logan is determined to give her the cold shoulder because why? Like he's upset that 
that she didn't tell him they were engaged, but she did tell him that they had dated. Like, does she need to tell him, like, all the deeds? Like, are they are they dating? I think like, he's hurt from the hug, from what he interprets as, like, Tess hugging someone lovingly, like an embrace, maybe. Um, I don't know. I kind of think, like, they're sort of romantic tension interlude or whatever where they have to sort of like have a bit of a falling out it, it wasn't scripted very well and you didn't get a, a good sense of the motivation behind that I also felt like right like right in the midst of the scene is when Logan's like oh well Hunter's not telling the whole truth and Tess is like Hunter would never I would know blah 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 and then she like accuses Logan of being so cynical. And I just, that was a weird, like, it was a very weird take from her. It was just this like reinforcement of her Pollyanna status, but it was also like- Unreasonable. Very unreasonable. Like he's a detective and there were um, like a small number of people on this set that could have killed Aiden. And so he can't just like take Tessa's random word for it that this guy is innocent. Yeah, that was my next note was like, then she gets mad at him because why? But I guess we're just like, I think they're sort of, they haven't been clear, articulated their feelings for each other, where they stand or they haven't DTR'd. They need to DTR. Yes. And so there's like a constant, like that sort of tension between them because they don't, they're sort of working through these emotions that are coming out in weird ways. Let me just say the DTR for anybody that's out there wondering what their status is with another person, it is the best possible conversation to have. Because then you just know. You just know. And if they don't want to be with you, great. Move on. Do something else. But like anytime you're sitting there thinking, should I DTR? The answer is yes. Right? Always. Oh, my friend Carrie says uh, everyone should DTR with everyone they know once a week. Well, that's a lot, but <laughs> but I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's because it's, yeah, it's unreasonable. Like it's his job to suspect people. Hunter was the last person to see Aiden or be with Aiden. Um, Tess and Logan have a meet sleuth, mm-hmm. both going to see the former contestant who's accused of, uh, he accused the show of helping Nasser win so many times. Really quickly before we move on to this, you know, Tess went to see Graham right in the middle of this. Graham, the editor, with the baseball, with the um, and the whole baseball mm-hmm. thing, which like comes out a little bit or whatever. Yeah, we you figured that out. Um, she went to see Graham, and he's like editing on his big like editing platform. It looks kind of like an avid platform. I'm not for, for sure what it is, but he's like editing, and he's wearing a a like a call center headset. It's only got one. <laughs> ear the other one is just like a little band on the side of his head and it has like a microphone so it's like a pseudo gaming headset and I just feel like people that make movies for a living would know (laughs) that an editor would not wear that headset like wait you're just gonna listen out of one ear I mean not like none of that made sense it was so bizarre to see that as a prop also at one point he's editing a clip that they already showed Right. Like it's a clue that's already been used in a previous show that they already filmed. So I, I don't know. That that was weird. I just it was one of those times when you're like, wait, is this their job to make movies or like not? Maybe <laughs> or uh, maybe it's trolling people that know about movies, like how they do in medical shows. I don't. 
I don't know. It was really weird. Anyways. So, yeah, they go to see Mr. Sprouse. Sprouse? Sprouse? Yeah, Sprouse, I think. And it turns out he's dating the fired assistant with a T. And he's also the one who tossed Aiden's dressing room, apparently. He says. He admits to that. Into bashing Ian. Oh, yeah. He bashed With Ian. the trophy. Mm-hmm. Logan does some of his usual distracting chewing while he's updating Tess on the case. And there's an identical 9-11 sign on the street. <gasps> yes. I... As when they were in the interrogation room. Yes. So I think I, they're just really like hitting the New York City. Yeah, they're clearly not filming there. Yes, I said this is maybe meant to establish <laughs> that this is this is New York, or to mark that that would have been the this is from 2021, so it would have been the 20th anniversary. So maybe, maybe. They were like never forget. There's also like Tess ham ham. What's it called? Ham horning? I don't know. Ham stringing. She's shoehorning. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Tess is shoehorning in the name of some like fancy Italian bakery when she's talking about the cookies. Mm. And I don't know because I didn't care to Google if that's a real oh. Italian bakery in New York. But it felt mm-hmm. like another thing of like, we're in New York. I go to the bakery, Memal, which is a French word, but I don't, whatever. So 9-11. Or that set dresser put everything they had into that fan forum website. <laughs> and it was worth And it. left their assistant, <laughs> their brand new intern to do the rest of the work. Uh-huh. Uh, also, did you see when they were chasing Sprouse through these alleyways or whatever, and Logan's like doing his cop thing? That looked like the most like we're in a gritty New York alleyway. Like they literally just like put some like post random posters up like askew. Yeah, in the alleyway, and, and there were like, like some lo- metal trash, so cans. many trash cans, and. And, like, really tidily put away trash bags. Uh-huh. Um, so did they include, usually in those scenes, they include the sound of a cat? Like, meow. <laughs> no, but they because didn't. Because somehow but... that indicates, like, danger. Yeah. Gritty. Feline. New York streets. Yeah. This cat Stray is cats. outside and she's Might upset. Hunt you. <laughs> <laughs> um, Taz come. Huh. Tess comes back to the studio to get tapes of old shows so she can check out the cheating scandal and decides to walk through the deserted stage to exit the building and almost gets conked by a stage light. And this is very, like, I the word I thought you were going to say is ham-fisted. Oh, yep, that's Does the word that I Does that describe think. the I think, scene? Yes. It was also, sorry, editor i guess it was very poorly edited you could not tell where the light was falling if it was even actually close to her <laughs> like it kind of looked like from the perspective that and maybe it wasn't the editor maybe it was the cinematographer i don't know but it looked like the light was falling like all the way across the stage from her and she just did this weird like leap onto the ground it i don't know that was a very yes ham-fisted uh point of tension because mm-hmm. otherwise it wouldn't have been suspicious other than the music but she's very much like already like with nothing happening she's just walking across the stage was mm-hmm. like who's there yeah but like wouldn't you just like oh someone's up there like i guess i'll just go yeah. to my exit yeah i don't know anyways um logan and hunter battle it out to be tessa's rescuer yeah but aunt candace wins in the end did you see when uh, all of the movie posters on the wall in that dressing room. 
yes, loved it. Did you make a note of those? Sure did. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Millions of posters to make this look like a studio. (laughs) And I'm sure they kept moving them around from room to room. So first, I noticed the one with the the guy with the basketball that I kept noticing is called, uh, it's an old guy dribbling a basketball for a show called Shorts on Sports. And as I was typing that, I just realized it it's was Will, Will Schwartz's Shorts. Yeah. cameo. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, it is. It's Will Schwartz. Okay. And then the best one, of course, I'm sure that you noticed too, is... Gunner Granny. Amazing. Was that Sandy Toxvig in the the little Danish comedian lady? Oh, I don't know her. Oh, she was a host on... British baking show, com- the British baking competition show. Um, she was a host for a little bit with Noel Fielding, and it just looked like her with like sort of like emo bangs. So, but I mean, Sandy, if that was you, let us know. But it was very funny. <laughs> yeah, who did get to post for that? Do you think they have that? They took that poster home for I, sure. I have it up on there. Internet searched Gunner Granny, and <laughs> I also don't recommend it. Oh, God. <laughs> This oh, is a lot of guns. And, so this yeah. poster features an older woman brandishing a gun with her readers down on her nose, because she can't, like because she needs to read the like the serial number or something like, before she this, files it off. Is this the right one? Yeah, yeah. yeah she's probably trying to file it off with and her need- knitting needle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Candace and Tess have a heart to heart over tea. And Candace reveals that she's feeling guilty having fun with an emotionally available police chief. Tess says that she knows how she feels about Logan, but isn't sure where she stands with him. But isn't Logan the only one who's actually been sort of effusive? Like, I feel like she's not really let anything on, even to the audience, about her feelings. Like, I was shocked to hear this. Yeah. It was very out of left field to use Tess's, for some reason, baseball, weird, vast baseball knowledge. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, we had a lot of, we had a couple of baseball references in this. Yeah. uh, Yeah, I didn't, that made no sense to me. Because Logan, at the, la- at the end of the last movie, like, he was sort of opened up. He and... was like, you've changed my life, Tess. Mm-hmm. You've, like, made me less emotionally distant. And she was kind of like, oh, coy smile. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Yeah. Cool story. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he's the one being huffy and jealous and weird about her ex. Yeah. And she's not giving anything away so far. Like, I, this was... It was very weird. But then Candace, I mean, I know she's a therapist or whatever, but like telling Tess that Logan's waiting on a sign from Tess and basically kindly telling her like, no, Tess, you're kind of the the dumb one here. Um, Logan needs to hear from you that you like him. And I thought that that was great advice. I was really, really glad to that Tess has that person in her life to humanize her a bit. Mm hmm. What do you think the girls from her poker game okay, are thinking about this or say telling her about the situation with Logan? Well, so I don't think that they that later. know about him because Tess is like a <laughs> high level compartmentalizer, right? Like it seems like Sonia and Frank maybe know about Logan and Candace, but like if she has all these other people and like hobbies in her life, I just imagine that she doesn't tell them anything about the other parts of her life she's just like nope i'm real focused on table tennis guys nope love me a magic trick i don't know i just kind of think she doesn't talk to people yeah i don't know who these girls are 
Um, Hunter tries it on again with Tess. Yep. Chicken fried rice and veggie egg rolls, Tess's favorite. Mm. I wrote basic, uh, but, you know, (laughs) that's what we're here for. This is that channel. Um, Tess has a monthly Texas Hold'em game with the girls. With the girls. Who are the girls? Where are these girls? Where? Why... Also, monthly doesn't really feel to me to be like a a high enough frequency to be really good at poker, like good enough for the police to send you in undercover to a high stakes criminal underground poker ring. But I guess they just have a lot of faith in this crossword lady. Well, because I guess also Logan knows this about her already. He's like, oh, you you play poker, right? Monthly with the girls. Yeah, the girls. Yeah. So they've talked about that, but not eating chocolate together. Not chocolate. (laughs) The police decide to send Tess to a high-stakes poker game to find out more about Aiden's murder because she's a celebrity? Because she's in six million newspapers worldwide? Is that what Logan said? Uh, And that felt like a lot to me, but I don't know anything about... I guess it's supposed to be the New York Times, I guess, right? Yeah. Um, when Logan asks Tess to do the poker game is the first time in five movies that Tess seems genuinely interested in Logan. Like she sort of, Mm. he walks into the office and she sort of like brightens, like perks up Mm -hmm. when she sees him. And then she makes kind of googly eyes at him. And I feel like we, I, I had not noticed this before. No, that's what she had. I think that's where my steam level has been so low this whole time Mm. is because he's, I think growing and giving a little bit, but she's just never like seemed interested in him. She's like, Oh, thanks for the bracelet. I wear it all the time. I wear it all the time. He he he. Buy me that diamond stick. Oh God, I forgot about that. Yeah. I don't want to remember it. And then when he's prepping her for the poker game is the first time they seem like openly interested in each other. Like some lot of back and forth. Like I mean, yeah. I guess they've had banter before, but this seems more like a comfortable, like, I'm I'm openly engaging with you in this yeah. romantic way. And I think it is probably down to Tess maybe actually finally deciding to give a little bit instead of just holding her cards close to the chest. Zing. And I guess she just literally just needed Candace to, like tell her to, yeah. to do that Candace it's been five movies like <laughs> this is <laughs> took you long enough I guess Tess going to the poker game accomplishes literally nothing except for putting her at risk and losing the police department 20 grand yeah okay and also to do you remember when she went into the biker bar and she charmed all those bikers with a story about the pig pig or whatever or the hog yeah, the hog, because it had a weird layers. Oh, I thought he meant a pig. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I kind of, you know, felt like they were going to build build that back in where she, like, charms these poker guys. Because, like, she throws away two amazing hands of poker only to try to bluff them out with, like, a terrible hand. And I think she's thinking, like, oh, by bluffing him and winning at a bluff, that'll earn this, like, big burly guy's respect and it like kind of works until she's immediately like tells a very obvious lie and he's like oh that was a lie I don't like you anymore and he like she can't I felt like it was the first time we've seen her 
supposed charm like fail yeah she face plants yeah for sure hard yeah. and the her whole thing is that she's like ultra competent and knows everything never loses mm-hmm. yeah and so i liked that a little bit because i it, it was the first time that the sh- that this like series has done anything that i didn't like sort of guess ahead of time um I really, I really was like, oh, they're going to, because they replay everything. I mean, like we see later, they replay like the lock turn to like lock Tess in or whatever. Like that happens to her a lot in these movies. Um, And so I really was like, oh, she's going to charm the pants off of these like evil poker demons. And then she doesn't. And uh, Logan truly has to come rescue her this time. Like she has no way of getting out of the situation. It goes just horribly awry horribly awry and like that's very new so i i was slightly pulled in by this like oh you're changing up the writing and and plot style just a little bit just enough to show us that like maybe tess does can't do everything and like does need to realize that she needs logan in her life after all or just not yeah someone or just someone else Mm -hmm. she can't do it all on her own Mm, that's a good interp I like it because otherwise I'm just like, oh, I like, couldn't they have just brought that guy in for questioning without sending Tess in there? Right. Uh, so Tess meets up with the guy who bankrolls the show, which is that how TV shows work? There's like one man that that like pays for the shows and. You know, I, really the extent I know about is from 30 Rock. So <laughs> I don't know. Which also is not that the setup for 30 Rock doesn't make sense to me either. But uh, it's a show. So I don't know if. Yeah. I guess one time I was a PA on. A biggest loser casting call. That was weird, but it didn't. Yeah, that didn't provide any insight. I don't know if I want to talk about it anymore. Okay, <laughs> that's a good. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. Um, let's see. Okay, so she finds out that Hunter is going to be the new host of the game show, mm-hmm. which seems really wild that he didn't tell Tess that he was like gunning for that. Yeah, or, like that that was a possibility or. Also, no charm. I mean, once again, another host with just no charm, like no likability. Yeah, he has like low level anxiety, which maybe is just because he's he's hiding the secret. Oh, maybe. Maybe that guy's just a really good actor. Mm-hmm. And it's not just that he has no charisma. Maybe. <laughs> Chauncey and Candace have a great lunch with lots of emotional vulnerability. That's what I wrote, too. They were having such good communication. I mean, I just, the don't hide in your routine conversation, that, wow. I mean, the LMFT had to have written this, (laughs) like sort of shadow wrote it or whatever. Um, Or she just, you know, has a great rapport with her husband who's taking in her lesson i don't know but that was amazing this was like such a good conversation mm-hmm. was very impressed and just lots of openness from both of them and and from two people that you wouldn't necessarily expect openness from like candace's profession aside she's like an upper to she's like an upper middle class whatever white lady from the west side of is it Manhattan? I don't really understand how New York works. And then Chauncey's like a hard-boiled police detective. And they're both just like so open and so good at talking to each other. Um, and I feel like Chauncey's very like gracious and like, yeah, it's okay. Like, 
I've been through something similar. I'm not, he didn't step on her experience and they just, they did such a great job. Yeah. Very ego free. Whereas like you can see with Tess and Logan, like their, their ego is getting in the way of getting them what they want. They're getting in their own way. Yes. Basically. Right. Chauncey and Candace are not. They're like, no, I'm just going to lay it out on the table. And as that podcast I was listening to that said, like, you're only a lot as uh, you're only as alive as you're willing to put yourself out there to be annihilate, annihilated hmm. because life is all about risk. Mm-hmm. And like, you really just have to like constantly risk, 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 risk your heart and your ego and all that kind of stuff. You do. You really do. Which is hard. But I hope as I age that that will get easier and that when I'm 60, I can sit across from a 60-year-old gentleman and we can just really pour our hearts out. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe maybe we should just start like doing some bold moves for each other or like bold moves in our lives and then like tell them to each other and sort of celebrate them. Like whatever the bold move is. Like when I sort of stood up to my director a few weeks ago and had an anti-capitalist tirade against her um that felt good that was bold oh i did set a boundary on the elevator coming up here there was a a odd gentleman in the elevator and we had a bit of a chit chat you know like how's your day actually it's going really well how is yours going and then as i got off the elevator he wasn't supposed to come off he was supposed to go on the next floor and he got off with me and said, actually, do you mind if I if we take a photo together? And he had like a tablet or something in his hand open to the photo thing. I was like, can we get together for a oh. photo? And I said, no, no, thank you. I'm going to Good go. for you. That's and I felt really. Really good. <laughs> I'm really glad you said no. Maybe the first time in my whole life that I would not have been like, okay. Good for you. Good. So I, I don't know if that's. that's I hope not, he's not waiting for you after oh this. God. Well, actually, we'll walk to your car together. <laughs> um, I don't know if that's Sean seeing it, but. No, that was good. I'm proud. I I thought it was a good move. My therapist tells me she's proud of me once a month, and it's really great. So I I too am proud of you. Oh, good. Thank you. You're welcome. Tess is chatting with Logan in an amazing blue leather jacket. Yes. And see, oh, you thought that was amazing. Yes. You liked it. Okay, good. Finally. Good. One of 18 of her leather jackets. That (laughs) That I like. like, Where is she keeping it? She lives in an apartment. Yeah. Do you think she has one of those, like, you know, some people have like a separate. um, Garment rack. Garment rack. Yeah. I think she has, she's probably like rich enough to have two rooms. And oh, one okay. is her closet. Okay. She has more than one. Clo- I In my old house, I had one, uh, two and a half closets. Dang. And now I have <laughs> literally, it's generous to say it's a closet. It's a real, life is just about changes. Um, so Tess sees two women communicating uh, in ASL and has a beautiful mind moment about the cheating mm-hmm. scandal mm-hmm. we're literally like the camera does that thing where it's like pulling oh the it's back like kira up. sedgwick meme where there's like equations running around her head is that kira sedgwick is it i don't know i 
but yes, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. Yes, that was the exact like image that ran through my head. I don't know if that's Kira. <laughs> Kira, if that's you, let us know. Um, if it's not, don't let us know. Yeah, okay, so she figures out that Aiden and Hunter were in on the Nasser cheating because it helped ratings. But isn't it sort of dull to see the same guy just answering, like, one riddle after the other? Like, they showed us a little montage at the beginning, and I thought it was, like, I had a hard time watching that. It just seemed boring to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. that he's just like, mm, he thinks about it for literally, like, and actually, 2005 so, BC. He So he doesn't have the answers ahead of time. No, he's just good at riddles, he I think. He is just good. Okay. I guess people in Norman, Oklahoma... <laughs> Must. Is that really good education system? Maybe they have a great education system. Okay, but he's just getting an advantage of knowing when the daily doubles are or whatever. But he really is just like, he's doing this thing where he like kind of looks off and thinks about it for like 0.5 seconds and Mm -hmm. then he answers Mm -hmm. the right one every time. But I guess that's good for ratings. People want to see that. Yeah. Um, And Tess turns on Hunter when she finds this out. In such a blatant way, like full on, like brushes past him, turns her back to him. Yes. Like gets Logan on the phone right away that I was worried that he was just going to like pick her up, her little petite frame and just throw her out the window. Yeah. I was like, Tess. She really has no sense of personal safety. Oh my God. (laughs) As evidenced by the very next scene. Take 30 seconds to address this yeah in your own way to do the right thing quote or whatever like just step out of his line of sight and then call the police out of nowhere seemingly for no reason aiden or wait logan realizes that graham is the killer at the same moment tess decides to return the flash drive to graham even though dana is the one that gave that to her and, and she was just in returned. dana's office yeah she was with talking with her and hunter yes but instead of giving it back to the person yes yeah that gave it to her and graham for no reason gives himself away like immediately like before she even suspects him he's like i'm gonna lock us in this room and see what happens <laughs> i'm gonna Lock us in this room. Like this, grab is, my giant. Scissors. Like rather than just like walking over to the door, walking through the door and leaving the building, he's like, "I'm gonna trap us in this editing bay in the studio and kill her with scissors." With scissors, like how, that is bloody. Who? How is that gonna? What's our end game here, buddy? Yeah. And then it's kind of like. Oh, maybe he's not thinking. Maybe it's the heat of the moment. But it goes on for a while. It does. He's like a murderous rampage. So the modem, motive is flimsy. I'm hoping maybe you have some insight into this. So Graham is upset because Aiden, Dana wanted got another job offer that was really good yes. and wanted to leave. Yes. But Aiden wanted her to stay because he was going to up his contract in a couple of weeks. And he thought that the bankroll guy would assume that Dana left because of him and not up his contract. Yes. Which makes no sense to me. Like, wouldn't bankroll guy just be like, oh, she got a better job offer. Cool. I don't know, because we also find out that bankroll guy had already 
focus tested hunter and audiences loved him like before Aiden even so there was a real threat to there was a real threat but the threat was between Aiden and Hunter like Graham really had nothing to do with that and then why that makes me wonder then like why was Hunter helping out Aiden with his cheating scam if he was already trying to steal his job out from underneath him yeah I think he wanted the show to be a success and then take it over like at the height of its success Mm. but but I, I don't know I don't know what happened in the writing of this but Graham's motive was essentially non-existent. Hunter had a great motive for killing Aiden. And so two, two great great motives and he should have done it. But (laughs) I think they just didn't want Tess to have to grapple with the fact that she was engaged to a murderer. Whereas I think that that would be amazing character development for her and something that she would really have to consider. Like maybe I don't always get the perfect read on people. Because um, she's very confident, you know, in her ability to ascertain someone's motives, like, upon first glance. And so, I don't know. I, I feel like they should have just let Hunter be the killer. And they didn't. It does seem like maybe they they wrote the script for as Hunter as the killer until, like, the very end. And then they were like, oh, no, this is too obvious. Let's make Graham the killer. Or Lacey was like, like, I don't think Tess would have, you know, been engaged <laughs> to a killer. And they're like, Lacey? Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? But yeah, and so then, so then Graham overhears, or he, Aiden having a conversation with Jeffrey Cheever, the poker guy, in the conversation where Jeffrey takes the title of Aiden's car for collateral from poker owings, and then Graham comes out and he's like, uh, "Don't." He's like, you've been cheating or something because he, oh, because Graham caught Hunter doing the cheating somehow. Somehow by Graham seeing Hunter go into Matthew Nasser's dressing room. Yeah, that didn't make sense Graham figured out that they were all cheating. And then he went in and I think he was mad at Aiden because he thought Aiden was going to like take Dana's reputation. I think that was the only like the very like the embarrassed sliver of a motive that Graham had was that Aiden threatened to take Dana down with him if... Uh, Graham told about all of this like financial stuff and so um, they but but ham-fisted once again as far as a plot device goes I don't know it didn't yeah Graham seems to really like uh, well I don't know because it's like he didn't he didn't like the fact that Dana worked so much. That's the only reason he had this job, even though he hated it. Yeah, that was sad. That was a real bummer. So I think maybe they're a mismatched couple intentionally because we're supposed to think we're supposed to buy into the fact that Graham loves Dana so much that he's going to go to these lengths to keep her and to like be around her mm. and protect her, and because mm-hmm. because she is kind of out of his league. Yeah. And he wants to hang on to her. Yeah, maybe and so. afraid of losing her. Yeah. And is insecure about their relationship, maybe. But then Graham sees a scarf in the trash and <laughs> I guess thinks that would be a good murder weapon. He's not great at murder weapons. He went with the scissors <laughs> and a crocheted scarf. And then he's about a, I mean, he's, they, they juxtapose him. He's like a solid eight to 12 inches shorter than Aiden. I mean, he's a, a very petite individual as well, sort of lacy scale. Um, and he somehow 
loops the scarf around Aiden's neck and then like pulls in a downward trajectory and just the barest pressure of the scarf against Aiden's trachea is enough to make him like grasp and clutch at once again the stretchy fabric around his neck and then just like sink to the, the floor dead. He should literally just be able to be like and like the scarf is not touching. You know? I mean, the he's like got so much of a height advantage on Graham. All he had to do was just headbutt him from behind and he would have like knocked him in the nose and the whole thing would have been over. Um, we wouldn't have had a movie. So instead we get what has to be like the slowest murder of all time <laughs> with images of Tess projected on yeah. the screen behind them. Yeah. For dramatic yeah. reasons. Yep. Graham also says he didn't mean to kill him. He just meant to strangle him he a just, little bit. He just thought he was cold. Yeah. Game S- over. Game over. So Logan comes by Tessa's apartment unexpectedly while she's hanging out in her apartment wearing an off both shoulder sweater. Is that what you wear when you're lounging around your house? I don't know, but I would love to. Um, but but we skipped one thing that Logan said right before he went okay. over there when he was arresting Graham. Um, and he, you know, they like pointed the gun at him and they're like, drop, drop it, drop it, drop it. And Graham drops the scissors and then they put the handcuffs on him. And Logan goes, guess you don't get the final cut, do you? Which is also a joke on a lot of layers because scissors cut, but also mm-hmm. final cut is like an editing software, but also the final cut is like an editor's term. So I feel like Logan just really was like really on his game with that line. It was very good. Well, New York detectives have to workshop those like on a regular that's basis. True. They probably have like a class, like a continuing education course that's in yeah. like, and it's run, by, lines. it's run by Jerry Orbach from Law and Order. <laughs> oh. R.I.P. Probably. Okay, but yes, I would love to be wearing the outfit that Tess is wearing. Uh, I would love to be wearing that. And then just open the door like, oh, you just caught me. uh, Just just lounging instead of my normal three layers of sweatpants (laughs) in various shapes (laughs) draped across my body. (laughs) No, no, I lounge in that, yeah. So, uh, and he brings dinner. Um, So more distracting chewing um tess says that she was naive to think that hunter was different than he was before so there was a problem with hunter and he was a bad a bad seed and that's why she called off the engagement i kind of thought there was a there was a conversation between her and hunter where he thanked her he was like thank you for calling off our engagement it was maybe the best thing that could have happened to me because he during their relationship was so focused on his quote career Mm. whatever that actually is Um, that he wasn't focused on their relationship. And so when Tess ended that, he said it gave him the realization that he needed to be focused on like family and the things that mattered in life. But then that's what she realized at the end when he, when he made his play for game show host as another career choice that he didn't actually change. He was still the same person. He was still like fame and career hungry or whatever. Mm. I wonder what his job was before he became a professional Riddler. No, I mean, not Riddler, maybe. Maybe he wrote for the Batman franchise. Mm. It's the only thing I know mm-hmm. a riddle from. Okay, and then, oh, then they have uh, what I found to be a, a steamy kiss. Also, for Hallmark, it was that, that all was steam because they're in her apartment. There are shoulders. There are shoulders present. 
two, two not just them. one, yeah. two. They're on a couch. They're not like at a table. And it's nighttime. Mm-hmm. Um, There's no chaperone. No. And Candace is not there uh, to give them tea or whatever. Um, and then like she kind of le- where I think but then instead of because it's hallmark instead of things leading maybe naturally where they would go instead she just sort of like leans on his shoulder and they just sort of awkwardly snuggle on the couch and he's like this is all i've ever wanted Mm -hmm. apparently and kiss uh and kiss and kiss and yeah like that was enough for tonight so i i assume it was steamy in terms of in hallmark terms but as the as my own naivete in the situation, having not seen many Hallmark movies. Um, for those of you out there who might be more in my position, it was a dry, <laughs> closed-mouthed <laughs> lip press. There, there were was, hands? But there was no movement of the lips. No, there was just kind of, they lips. just like touched them together for about seven seconds, <laughs> then pulled apart, and then snuggled uncomfortably that on the is, couch that's high steam and so homework. i wrote the chastest kiss in the world <laughs> um but i don't know if that's a word but it felt descriptive i think it gave you a little taste just enough of a taste to just keep you going yeah i guess they had just had a bunch of of takeout so maybe they were worried about their collective that's commingling of breath yeah or other or tongue, yeah. mm, gases, etc. Yeah, yeah, bloating. Yeah, it's a lot of sodium. It is a lot of sodium. Um, and then she says, "When you know, you know." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "This is like the worst line for her at the end of this film because she doesn't know. She doesn't. She was dead wrong about <laughs> Hunter, Hunter, Logan, like the poker guys." This is, a, this is you know, we have a friend, you and I, a mutual friend, that has a lot of confidence, and we reference it all the time, including in conversation with him when he says things confidently. And Tess kind of has that same mm. trademark. She would wager 20. Word conf- confidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she would wager 20. Every time. Every time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, personal cats. What in this movie hit home for you? Oh, man. it It's like a tragic personal cat in a way. But, uh, well, you know, we've we've both had a lot of death happen in our very close circles, like more, more than it feels like people should go through in like a month span. But, um, yeah, so we've both had a lot of death and and. And then we had um, Candace. Is that yeah? Candace grappling with this idea of moving on and like enjoying the same things that one used to experience with the deceased individual and feeling guilty about that. And that sort of hit home, I think, for me. Um, just be. I mean, her her husband died. What has it been? Five years, she said. And so that's a lot of time, I think, to have elapsed. And a month is almost no time. But it it still feels like almost too big to comprehend the the scale of the loss that we've gone through enough to even begin to like contemplate 
getting back into the things that we maybe used to do with these people um, on a regular basis. And and so I, I think it was a pretty hard-hitting moment emotionally for me to to go through those conversations with Candace and just think like, you know, there will be a time that that we will do these things again and find joy in them. And the people that we've lost would want us to find that joy. I know that they would, but um, it just feels very difficult. And so I really understood what she was going through and why she awkwardly like lied to Chauncey and didn't know how to how to get out of that situation because I think those emotions boil up very intensely and very quickly. And so, yeah, that was, that was pretty, pretty personal cat for me. Yeah. And like, I remember shortly after one of these deaths that I was, um, you know, crying all the time. And, and so John said, you know, she would want you she wouldn't want you to be sad. She'd want you to be happy and um, enjoying things. And she wouldn't want you so upset or whatever. And I was like, well, that's that's a very rational uh, thought and way of, of looking at the situation. But like, really, it's like the emotion does not um, bear that at all. No, there's no, no. It doesn't matter if like, like the... Like that you don't like, for example, our friend would maybe did, said he didn't want a memorial service or didn't want people to be upset or whatever. Well, tough shit. Like we're upset. We're upset. We want to remember you. We want to honor you. We love you. you. Yeah. yeah. So I think I did capture those because it was a little because Barbara Niven's not a bad actress. And so I think looking back at those scenes where she's really sort of like fumbling and awkward and. I think that's maybe indicative of like, oh, these are weird feelings. And because I also think that even after like five or six years or whatever, like you think you, that those emotions pop up mm-hmm. all of a sudden you didn't, you didn't expect them. Mm-hmm. And like, this is weird. I don't know how to handle this. And um, so it was a good then to have them process that and articulate that to each other. And it was good to see for sure. And just and think about the fact that like when those emotions pop up and are maybe very uncomfortable and your your instinct or your first reaction is to maybe like hide kind of and and wrestle with it yourself internally first that maybe it's okay you don't have to do that you could just talk it out with whoever you're with and hope hope for some kind of understanding and you know people are a lot more generally a lot more understanding than we give them credit for when we do talk those things out so I don't know I thought it I thought it was a good display of um, just being open with with how you're feeling in any given moment. Uh, and there's always a balance for that, but um, yeah. Grief. Grief. Uh, who are you attracted to? Oh man. I, this was really hard. I actually had to had to dig really deep for someone to be attracted to uh, in this movie. <laughs> but the person I was attracted to was who I also considered to be the best actor in this episode or this installment. Um, I think it was undercover detective Bill. Oh, he was cute. He was very cute. And he had like his hood up like over his baseball cap and he was kind of like in the shady like undercover cop whatever which like I don't vibe with that part of his life but he was just 
objectively very cute individual. Um, I found myself attracted to both his face and his acting. I did. It did seem like he was in a different movie. Yeah, like, like I kind of want to watch his movie. He, he was like acting in a different film. Yeah, and it just sort of was like popped into. They're the like, of "Oh, this you're film. in character. Can you pop into this scene and <laughs> establish a motive for this poker game that we want Dust to go to? She needs a hobby." Um. Yeah, I guess. Um, Sam Waterston, and um, who? Wait, who wasn't in this? Who was movie, not in this? But, no. Yeah. Um, but but the, I made evocative. that. I made that clear. Um. <laughs> Um, there's, this is also my invasion of the Hallmark body snatchers, the bankroll guy. Um, oh, Marlon, the financier. Marlon, not the fish. Uh, he, Marlon. he plays, uh, a man friend, uncle slash uncle in Aurora Tea Garden Mysteries. Oh. And I've always found him to be, he's very, um, lovable and charming in that series. So I think I was, um, and clearly I like older men. Mm-hmm. I don't know this is, yeah, this is a, a theme. Mm-hmm. But then I also like to complain about about younger women in these films being hot for older men. Yeah. We're complex beings. I have an episode of Before the 90 Days I'm going to need you to watch oh, okay. so we can talk about that that specific theme. Okay. Uh, fanfic for side characters. I like your idea about the undercover guy. Yeah. He needs a movie. He does. I mean, he does. It was very fun. And he's like, he seemed to truly be a good actor. Um, kind of like that funeral guy from <laughs> a couple episodes ago that stole the show. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, him. And then I'm still, I still am on the Chauncey and Candace mm. side quest train. I I really want to see their salsa classes now. Well, okay. So I totally, and I've seen this movie several times before, but I totally thought she was going to say when she couldn't sign up for the cooking classes that she was going to be like, why don't we go to Italy? I did too. I was waiting for that. And then I was like, oh, wait, actually, that's probably not a great idea. They need to take it slow. But um, I I was going there with yeah. them in that, yeah. in that spirit. I want them to be under the Tuscan sun together. I think it'd be super fun. They I'd love it. In, they could stay in separate hotel rooms or whatever. and With an adjoining door, and they could longingly lean against the door at night, wondering if the other one was there. Mm-hmm. Or be on separate balconies and sort of like have a glass of wine but yeah. like both be on their different balconies. I really want to I would I would genuinely be excited to watch that series yeah me too I think there is a series like that yeah I just wanted to be those two characters but maybe they'll be lovable um I just thought maybe Nasser's English class like how is that going Ooh. like does he just stand in front of a mirror the whole time and just like groom himself is there is, a- or, or preen I think it's called preen. preen. Yeah, and when birds do it, yeah. Because that's all he does in this whole movie is just look at himself in, in mirrors preen. and just like touch his hair and his, pop his collar a little bit and then he does it again. Do you think um, they have a substitute right now? <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> he was just like, yeah, I can't wait to get back to Oklahoma in my own bed. Like, He was taking pictures of the... his class? Yeah, he said he was taking pictures of the sound booth for his the AV club that he supervises after school. Which, I, I mean, Logan thought it was a lie, but those things exist, so maybe. I mean, he could have also just gone on the internet, but... I can see if he's like a kind of a hot young high school teacher, mm-hmm. that he would get that sort of like big fish in a small pond attitude, and that's where mm-hmm. his sort of... Preen, preen factor mm-hmm. comes in. Yeah, because all the teenage girls are probably like, oh, Mr. Nasser, oh. Yeah. 
Or he's like, he, he's an English teacher, so he's like, call me Matthew. Because do you remember <laughs> that movie, Never Been Kissed, where all the like 30-year-old people are in high school? And that English teacher, he or yeah, he's an English teacher too. The one that Josie Grossy falls in love mm-hmm. with. Um, Paul Vartan. Michael Vartan. Michael Vartan. Yeah, of alias fame. <laughs> um, Paul is his uh, cousin. Yeah, Paul he's Vartan, his cousin. The, he's the head of the electrician's union, actually. Um, the Yeah, he's sort of like a stand and deliver type of... Wait, is that the right movie? Dead Poet Society? Yeah, where they stand on the desks and deliver their lines. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can, could think of. Yeah, de- he's maybe kind of like a Robin Williams. Definitely wears elbow patches. Elbow on his patches. Blazers. Or rolls mm-hmm. up his the, oh, the forearms of for his. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And has like a like a bracelet. Braided leather bracelet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Par- paracord. Yep. Where's Birkenstocks? Um, have you had any uh, Hallmark IRL moments? Um, well, actually, as I was watching this episode, um, my boo thing, well, he's my boyfriend. We don't use that term. We use the term boyfriend. We don't use the term boo thing, to be clear. Uh, came in and saw Tess in that shoulder outfit, and he <laughs> said, you would look so good in that. Aww. And I thought that was very sweet. And Actually, I I was thinking that's why I was asking. I I could kind of see you wearing that sweater. It's really cute. I might I maybe I'll go thrift one. I don't know. Cut maybe cut it. I don't. If that works with fuzzy sweaters, we'll find out. But um, no, my life's been kind of full of death lately, <laughs> and I don't think Hallmark really, aside from these conversations that Candace and Chauncey kind of had. Um, no, just. Death, car theft. um, It would be uh, Hallmark Hall of Fame, which are the more serious ones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Car thievery, still not recovered. Death, death, death. Death times a thousand. Um, Uncertainty. Uncertainty, work. Which that's the opposite of Hallmark. Hallmark is certainty. Hallmark is certainty. Hallmark is... The container store boxes on a shelf. You're a closet organizer, IRL, and my closet is does not look like theirs. My inner closet, my actual closet's kind of nice right now because I cleaned it in a fit of anxiety. Um, but my inner Sarah closet is a shambles. We'll see. Any hallmark moments for you? Um, we did have a birthday trip last weekend and did a little hiking in the woods, um, wearing hats and we stop in the sunshine and on some rocks by the river and smooch a little. So that seems pretty hallmarky. That was, that sounds beautiful. Mm -hmm. Oh my, could you hear the sounds of the water (laughs) trickling? Mm -hmm. There's lots of bubbling. And it was warm. It was, yeah, it was reasonably warm. But the setting was very much like a... Pastoral scene. Hallmark uh, winter scene, except Ooh. all of those are in Canada, of course, because mm, yeah. they're in all all Canadian entertainment. A lot more snow, yeah, yeah, than other places mm-hmm. might have. Wow, that's Maybe lovely. An autumn one. Well, the autumn ones all have a million color leaves that they've altered. What? Like the Turks, the Ottoman Empire? What leaves? Autumn. 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 <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought you, you were. <laughs> Um, well, 
Uh, that's really lovely. And I didn't know this, but I feel like this is sort of a hallmark moment. I didn't know that you and John's birthdays were so close. Yeah, a day apart. A day apart. Mm-hmm. I mean, almost exactly 24 hours apart. Serendipitous to the extreme. So mm-hmm. I really liked learning that. Maybe that's my hallmark moment is your relationship too. My relationship is going great for the record. It's just. I did just remember though um, that I had a boyfriend in college who also had the same birthday as John that was uh, the day before mine. (gasps) So that might take away the hallmark of it a little bit. No, I think that that. enhances it for me. Okay. Yeah. I think that means that John is your redo one up. Mm. Mm -hmm. Best of the best. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, this has been Hallmarked for Murder. Nailed it. Thanks. <laughs>